You ever uh, had a friend who got into fish? Fun band, good jam band. But when dudes get into fish, they don't come back. They don't come back. No, I've been there. It's a bad drug. Dudes start getting into like, man. So I went to yeah, I went to that one concert. I got a weasel face. They 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 did uh, from bu face. bubble trouble. Oh really? Straight into Spongehead. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You're just like, what's wrong with you? Head. And then finally, I was like, "All right, man, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go to this. I'll go to this fish show." Cut to me, 20 minutes in, talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a bubble head. And my tunes were played on <laughs> vacuum hose. Oh Would you God. hear <laughs> Trey's voice come through the music? Would you jam it near as if it were type two? Nah. Welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves. I'm your host, Bess Grosato. And I'm your other host, Brandon Beck. And I am, I am just like... I am Shia LaBeouf clapping dot gif right now. Oh, oh my God. Before the show, you were like, hey, can I can I do the bit this time? And my initial thought was absolutely not. But uh, I'm really glad I let that happen. Um, I think that's really all we need to do for this episode, frankly. If we um, were in the same room, you would see how fucking delighted I am with myself right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, it's finally happening. The big day's finally arrived we're doing a fish episode um and i could not be more excited to get into it and i could not be more bummed out for all the people who could not care less about fish um but joining us today to talk about uh the greatest band in the world is uh comedian miles hewitt miles Hello. welcome to the show hi oh my god hi i am i am so proud of myself that i tried i tried to maintain Radio silence. I was There's so impressed. There's no reason to. You're fine. That was amazing, Beth. Well done. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Thank you. shit! When I realized what song it was that you. Were, oh man, it was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that uh, kudos. kudos. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. For those who didn't get the joke, that is not a fish song. That's a Grateful Dead song. Um, wow. I do also. Um, as so when we said we were going to do this online um brandon put out the usual call for questions and the the one we got the most is that i must account for my crimes and so i'm going to do that right here up top and that's the number one question we got was beth why are you letting him do this and here look y'all few points one we've openly said on the show that his love of fish is why we even started this show so he was bound to get one eventually two the whole point of our show is let people like things three 2020 is hard enough y'all just give it to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh yeah i'm uh, i'm I'm, ex I'm excited um but before we get into uh the topic at fand p-h-a-n-d oh boy yeah you felt bad doing it yeah, I had real bad mouthfeel. 
real bad <laughs> mouthfeel. Um, but before we get into the fopic at hand, um, let's go into... Oh, that's uh, even worse. <laughs> let's get into a thing that we're into this week. Does anybody have one? Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, hell yeah. When I was uh, text banking for uh, Nutia Raman for uh, CD4, City Council District 4, beat David Ryu, Ryu, I don't even know how to say his name because he sucks. Um, anyway, uh, I was text banking for her, and so I was like, I need to have something to distract me while I'm waiting for people to either not respond to me or tell me to fuck off. Um, and uh, so I watched all of Infinity Train the other day, and it is very good. <laughs> What's the uh, TLD? are in the old infinity train um it's a train that every car in it is its own universe um and i i can't get too into it without like there's a lot that you sure. learn about the train as you go on that i feel is important to learn organically um gotcha. and each of the three seasons kind of connects but features different stories um, but they're short okay. seasons. They're 10 episodes each. Each episode is like 8 to 11 minutes. Um, I watched all of them in one day. Like, it wasn't. But it was. it's really beautiful and really well done. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I, I can't really say much more about it without, like, ruining the show. You know, uh, I once took the train from uh, New York City to Albany for <sighs> Thanksgiving. Let me tell you, that was the real Infinity Train. <clears throat> it was awful. I'm sure it felt like it. I once took the Jersey. I once took the uh, Jersey Transit back into New Jersey right after a Bon Jovi concert, and that also <laughs> felt like an Infinity Train. Oh God, that sounds horrible. Yeah, at the garden, there was a Bon Jovi concert at the Garden, and then I happened to be on a train back to Jersey right after it got off. So it was a lot of drunk people. At least it was at the Garden, not just like at Penn Station, like just hanging out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's true. I feel like the Long Island Railroad always feels like the Infinity Train. But yeah, that's, I, sorry to make, it's a short one, but I, I really, if I say more about it, I kind of ruin the things that I feel are important to learn organically as the show goes on. Does the train at any point turn out to have an end or a caboose? No. Okay, that makes sense. Story checks out. This is an infinity mm, yeah. train. Yeah, yeah, you're free to go. Infinity. It yep. does infinity have a train. start, but uh, there is no evidence of an end. Oh, shit. And it is kind of extra dimensional. Like, that's not... I really okay. a spoiler because like obviously. <laughs> so so it's Galaxy Express nine 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 USA. No. That's <laughs> so like Polar Express situation nine 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 USA. Excuse me, we all know it's it's Galaxy Express three nine. We had a very specific discussion about it. That is that is true. That is my mistake. I apologize specifically to Dominique Johnson. I'm Thank sure you. he'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dom Miles says thank you on your on, on your behalf. Thank you for apologizing to Dominique Johnson. I feel like it's been uh, that that beef has really been festering for me. So this is cool. are are you his authorized representative? Uh, no, not at all. <clears throat> okay. His cool, authorized cool. representative is friendship. So as long as you accept it in the spirit of friendship, you're good. Perfect. That's true. I do yeah. everything in the spirit of friendship. Well, there you go. Then it's fine, Brandon. You've stalled long enough. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I, I've had one. All right. Um, the thing I'm into this week, it's a bit of a follow-up to one I had a little while ago. Uh, Tim Heidecker just released his new album, uh, Nothing, uh, which is really, really good. It's his third uh, solo album, I guess uh, you, you could say. Um that, like, it's it's not it's not a comedy thing uh, either. It's this, it's this very, like, lushly produced like rootsy Americana album almost um, with these really like 
pastoral lyrics. Um, it, it really scratches the same itch that like those Neil Young albums that they seem to find every few years that he recorded in the 70s that like disappeared for whatever reason. It sort of feels like one of those or like Harvest. Um, it's it, yeah, it's it's really it's really smooth. Um, his voice sounds great. And uh, the there's this woman who sings on it. Her name is and I, I'm probably going to be pronouncing this horribly wrong is i believe way is blood w-e-y-e-s blood um but she's got a stellar voice um and they do harmonies and switch off uh verses and lines and stuff throughout the album and it's it's this really really cool sound like it it sounds absolutely gorgeous um it it, and it's just it, it is a little funny to think that like oh one of the best like rootsy albums I've heard in the last couple years is by the guy who also wrote hamburgers and hot dogs too. I want to have a barbecue, but like, <laughs> you know, you, you can, you can be an artist of, 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 of all types of colors. It's 2020, man. It's, bang, bang, no cops rules. and robbers, bang, bang, robbers and cops. <laughs> is that a Tim and Eric thing? Cause I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. That's all a, right. that's a yeah. early, early tim and eric awesome show great job thing um miles what are you into this week hey uh so this week i am i actually had an answer as soon as i heard you say that uh i don't know if you guys are aware of this film replicas uh starring uh keanu reeves so i don't know when it came out i don't know where it came from i don't even remember which streaming service i was watching it on honestly uh but I know it exists and it is insane. It's the, my, the best movie I've seen in ages. It's so bad. It's, uh, Hell yeah. It's, yeah, it's it like, came out 2018. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's the, uh, that makes sense. It's, it feels very 2018. It's, uh, it's, Oh, it's, I remember this. It's basically fucking robot face off. Yeah. It's robot face off. That's a very apt description of it. It's, uh, it's like <laughs> science Keanu Reeves and not like action Keanu Reeves, which I love. Uh, so he's like, uh, he's supposed to be playing like a neuroscientist, but like the best neuroscientist, uh, but it's still Keanu Reeves <laughs> and Thomas Middleditch is like his sassy, uh, companion and, what? uh, spoiler alert within the first 15 minutes, his entire family is killed in a car accident and it scared the shit out of me cause I was not expecting it. And I remember yelling at the screen. Like, no, Thomas Middleditch, you have to eat the bodies. You have to get rid of this guy's family, and they're going to see the bodies. That turned out to be a major plot point that I predicted. Uh, wow. He, he doesn't eat them, which oh, is my. to the fault of his character. Anywho, it's yeah. also one of those movies that's filmed in a location that's very obviously uh, just for the tax credit. In this case, uh, Keanu Reeves is a neuroscientist who is so powerful and, and famous that this company has flown him to Puerto Rico where their lab is. And just the movie for no reason takes place in Puerto Rico right around the time. Now <laughs> I realize that the Puerto Rico tax credit for film got passed. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. I was going to say probably for uh, <laughs> tax credit reasons. Yes. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Does Keanu Reeves speak any Spanish in the film? No, he does not. Uh, is he constantly mentioning that they are in Puerto Rico, which is, of course, where they live? They uh, there there are there are too many scenes that are very like and just in case you forgot, Puerto Rico is beautiful. Look at this. 
any tourist would be happy to visit. And you don't even need a passport. Like, So this movie was part of the um, post-hurricane stimulus package. Yes, exactly. Jenna Reeves, though, I will take in any stimulus package. He is a treasure. I don't he understand is. what he's saying half the time, but he seems I will, great. I will admit to not even really getting the whole Keanu Reeves thing oh. until about a month ago when I finally watched Bill and Ted one and two and then yeah. three the next day. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm fine with, with stoner Keanu Reeves, but like scientist Keanu Reeves, I think might be my favorite one. Cause he just, he just, he does it. I don't know how he seems like a scientist to me. Well, there you go. It's fascinating. Yeah. And that he seems to be like slightly in his own dimension most of the time. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, yeah, whatever. I'm a neuroscientist. And also, uh, I'm just, I just like hanging out and being chill, you know? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Puerto Rico. I, I do have another. <laughs> I know that it's, I shouldn't double up, but this is only going to be relevant today to be into it. Um, before you move on, because I just saw this shortly before we started and I didn't tell you about it. So as we are taping this this is not this won't be relevant to when we go up but i do think it's still important as we are taping this um it is the day before the very first presidential debate that is supposed to be tomorrow and trump demanded that biden take a uh drug test which resulted in this 100 percent real response from the biden campaign oh i've heard this it's good Vice President Biden intends to deliver his debate answers in words. If the president thinks his best case is made in urine, he can have at it. We'd expect nothing less from Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who pissed away the chance to protect the lives of 200,000 Americans when he didn't make a plan to stop COVID-19. Damn. That is the official response from the Biden campaign. Now text urine to Joe three o three o three o three o. Right? Uh, it's just oh god, we are. Ugh. Everybody, please yeah. vote. Yeah, to, to I I am in some ways excited for the debate tomorrow. Um, because I know regardless of what happens, all of the you know right wing uh fuckos are gonna be are gonna say he won Trump won regardless of whether or not he actually like says a cogent thing but there but there is a very good chance that this could just be two old men spewing word salad for 90 minutes yeah and there's potential for it to just get real weird real fast and like I'm here for that because otherwise it would I would go insane yeah well either way at the time that you're hearing this that was several weeks ago and now um election day is literally tomorrow so oh. you have to go vote if you haven't voted already you ah. have to go vote. Yeah, go vote, you guys. Even even Trey and Mike put out mm-hmm. vote videos, and they are the yeah. two most apolitical members of Fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Election day is literally tomorrow, y'all. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, but, I just got my absentee ballot. Yeah, ours. I mean, again, as we're recording this, ours haven't gone out yet. California doesn't send out mail-in ballots till October fifth, so we haven't gotten ours yet. But we're going to vote. By the time you're hearing this, we both already voted for Joe Biden. And I voted for Nitya for city council. If you're in CD4, you should do that. Okay. And we I can voted talk for about Colonel fish Forbin now. to represent the district of Game Hinge. Okay. Well, there you go. Now you're talking about fish. Get Seamless. Segue. Okay. Um, so, 
Okay, this is this is the big one. This is the, this is what we've trained for, people. This is ah. uh, oh, all right. Um, so Miles, you, I, I want you to tell me how you got into fish because when when we first met, it was paing on a terrible pilot yeah. that didn't go anywhere for a terrible person, uh, for seven terrible weeks. Um, and at that point, you were pretty openly anti-fish um i i was not shy about wearing fish shirts to the office but i also try not to like be the fish guy if i if i can't help it but uh i i feel like maybe analyze fish came up pretty quickly once we realized we were both like comedy people yeah um but so your 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 fish origin if you please so uh my fit i don't know that i was anti-fish because that does i mean i uh so i very famously have a very eclectic uh, taste in music um some people say bad taste in music i disagree with them but i just i like a lot of different kinds of music the the idea of me actively saying like oh man no way fish i hate fish just does not feel like uh like something i would do that said if uh you know that job was was so traumatic for uh for both of everyone us, involved yeah, really. for everybody really yeah that like you know what if it was if it was a certain time during that job i probably did say something along the lines of, i hate fish but like that was because i also <laughs> hated everything in the world and wanted to die yeah um, oh i've had yeah. jobs like that yeah. yeah 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 we've all been pas <laughs> But, I've even had uh, production. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say usually when I'm a PA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but she. I mean, Beth saw me come home at like two in the morning in yeah. tears a yeah. couple different times. Yep. Uh, it was it was rough, but mm-hmm. let's not let's not uh, let's not rip rip those uh, sutures out just yet. Fish. My fish origin story. Right. So I was very, I was very ambivalent about fish. I would say like most of the world is, and then just kind of like don't like uh, you know when they play your city and there's a lot of traffic and you know. Uh, you you buy bunk acid from people on the street and it's like what's going on like that was my main experience with fish uh and then listening to analyze fish it literally turned into me getting slowly convinced by two people i don't know but listen to a lot on podcasts getting convinced to like fish and i just sort of went out and then found it you know like you work really long uh, office hours in production and you need a soundtrack. And so you just throw on, you know, throw on a jam band of any kind and, and you're set for hours without having to check, you know, Hey, what song am I on? You just play it. So I, uh, I did that with a lot of bands, including fish, but then 2015, I believe. Yeah. Right. The Magna ball. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. Magna was 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Um, day, Two, I think, uh, Harry Hood, Prince Caspian, or Prince Caspian, Harry Hood. Anyway, that moment was when I stopped what I was doing, was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. And then look, I was like, oh, this is fish. Hell yeah, I can get behind this. And then, uh, and it's been, it's been, uh, the rest is history. Hell yeah. I think Analyze yeah. Fish, too, is... It's an interesting touchstone because as um, as people who are like in the comedy community and in the the fish community know, um, Harris Whittles like was just such an engaging, excited person to listen to to talk about fish. 
Yeah. 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 Analyze Fish, if you, if you don't know, was the podcast with uh, Harris Whittles and Scott Ackerman, uh, the host of Comedy Bang Bang. Harris was a comedian and, and writer for Parks and Rec and a bunch of uh, Sarah Silverman's show and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Who but, sadly uh, passed a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he uh, he'd always been a fish fan. And Scott Ackerman was like, you're a smart guy. I don't understand why you like this thing so much. And the like, like yes, the 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 show was kind of joking on fish, but it was really like their dynamic was so engaging yeah. um, that it it made this thing that that can really seem overwhelming to a lot of people feel a little bit more accessible, if only because you were watching someone really badly try to get their friend into it. Because Harris did a horrible job oh, at it. Was it was so bad. Like, so bad. Yeah. But he was he, still so excited. Like, he yeah. was just great to listen to anyway. He never really convinced Scott Ackerman, but it doesn't mean his yeah. arguments weren't good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just realized what I was doing. A couple weeks ago, I, I went on vacation for the first time all year because of, obviously, this whole fucking thing. And I was in Maine, and I, like, I had a moment where it was like, holy shit, this is my chance. I'm going to get my friend into fish i'm gonna play the best song i can right now and he's gonna be convinced and uh what was I, the track I, I was such an idiot i i put on uh uh hampton comes alive and it was getting jiggy with it because i was like look at this watch you're not gonna believe what's about to happen they're gonna Ooh, start playing rookie move <laughs> i know i know i'm ashamed of myself i did such a bad job <laughs> He's still I mean, making fun of you did pull a Harris right there. I very much did. I was like, this is, they're going to appreciate how silly it is. It's like the, the musicianship is fantastic. It's, uh, yes, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a fat white guy in a muumuu rapping poorly, uh, vaguely to the tune of getting jiggy with it. But, you know, if you can't appreciate that. Back, backed by a band that halfway knows the song. Yeah, who, who actively are trying not to play the song, it sounds, at some point. <laughs> yep. Uh, I love listening to it. I still do. That's that's so fun. But uh, anyway, I failed. And they're still making fun of me. That That is, am- that is amazing. I think everyone that had, that is a Fish fan has had that moment with someone of being like, okay, I really want to share this thing. Uh, that that's really important to me w- with you, and then you suddenly start to hear, "Oh wow, this recording's really bad." Uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we're in a cave, and the drums are a thousand feet away. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, oh no. Yeah, it's it's somehow somehow it's impossible to to get someone else to like fish. They have to they have to find it, and they have to like it like on their own, man. You know, like yep. it's. It's their journey. Oh, yeah. You can bring yeah. someone with you, but you can't force them. You right. Can fish a horse to water, but yeah. you can't make him. You can bring a horse to spin. fish, but you can't yeah. make, make him. him dance. Can't make, make him, him noodle drink. dance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love a good noodle dance. We should probably actually explain who and what fish is. Um, fish is a. <sighs> I have complicated feelings <laughs> around the term jam band. Um, but Fish are a jam band based out of Burlington, Vermont. They've been around since the early 80s. Uh, it's Trey Anastasio on guitar, Mike Gordon on bass, uh, John Fishman on drums and occasionally a vacuum cleaner, and Paige McConnell on keys. And with the exception of for their first year or two, they had a second guitar player and uh, no keyboard player. It's been the same 
four-person lineup for their entire run, which is exceptionally rare. Um, but th they get compared a lot to The Grateful Dead, uh, which makes sense if you're comparing sort of like their scenes and sort of fan cultures. But musically, whereas The Dead were more rooted in like Americana and uh, the blues um, – and, like, th those sorts of uh, styles. Fish is way more rooted in, like, prog and speed jazz and, like, Frank Zappa bullshit. Um, and, yeah, their, their, their stuff ranges from, like, early on they had a lot of these really complicated, like, long, you know, King Crimson-y sort of compositions. Um, and and they weren't so much about jamming, but then in the 90s, they sort of veered into this, like, really heavily improvisational direction that sort of, I think, was really when the term jam band kind of came about, because that was around the same time as, like, Mo and, uh, you know, String Cheese Incident and, like, that uh, Keller Williams, like, all, all that all that 90s mess. Oh, you just remembered <laughs> Mo. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I uh, the, a Mo concert was the last thing I did before quarantine. <laughs> That's true. Um, somebody I know has some like weird connection to Mo. I don't remember it offhand, though. This is a typical story of mine. Let me back That's out of that. That's all right. Brandon's, <laughs> Brandon's real into Mo. I don't know. It's it's funny, though, actually, uh, while I was out running a quick errand before we taped this, uh, I uh, an Almond Brothers song came on, and oh, I was yeah. like, you know... Almond Brothers don't get the same shit for being a jam band that other jam bands do, but they for sure are. Absolutely. Almond Brothers are like like the dad rock jam band, even though all jam bands are also kind of dad rocky. But the Almond oh, Brothers yeah. are very jammy. Yeah. They have three drummers. If you have three <laughs> drummers, you are legally a jam yeah. band. But like they don't get the same yeah. shit that other jam bands get. Well, I think it's because they, they got a lot of like big radio play back in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. With, like pretty accessible pop songs. Yeah. Actually, the first time I, I saw the Almond Brothers for the first time when I was in like seventh grade and kind of didn't know what a jam band was. And I was like, why? I, I didn't understand why they were playing a song for like 20 minutes. And yeah. when are they going to play Jessica? No one does. That's fair. That's the thesis of all jam bands. Why are they playing this song for 20 minutes? Because they get in a groove, man. You know? Yeah, man. Look, if I wanted to look, guys, here's my thing. Mm -hmm. We already had jazz. OK, we didn't need another form of music. <laughs> that was just 20 minutes of improvisation. I don't want to hear it's it's jazz on easy mode. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's like, jazz on acid. Literally. Isn't there is there acid jazz? What does acid jazz sound like? I think acid jazz is just like jazz, but you put a delay pedal on it. Okay, that's fair. Jazz, but you have some fuzz bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I know. I never got, like, I, uh, I have pretended before to like Acid House, and I don't know what Acid House music is, but uh, <laughs> I assume it's a lot like house music. I like house it's music. It's what you're listening to when your friends give you good drugs. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, that's true of most kinds of music, uh, I think. <laughs> Look, everything's fair. better on drugs. There. I yep. said it. Oh my god, people are still guarantee. arguing with me. People are still having arguments in the comments of your post about this show. Oh good, there's new, oh, new ones? Really, it's just me and the aforementioned Dominique Johnson. Uh, uh, um, but oh, we're going to get to all of the listener questions later, believe me. Um, but Miles, what is it about Fish's music uh, specifically that, that you find interesting? 
Yeah. Um, well, I really, I really like, I honestly, like I, I told you I was really nervous uh, to do this because I'm not by any means, in my opinion, like a good enough fish fan for you. Which is exactly why I wanted you on. Yeah. I, so I'm not going to get bogged down in like uh, favorite shows and all that shit. Because uh, I literally, I've, I've been to one fish concert like in person. I've streamed a shit ton of them, but I, uh, you know, I'm busy and have work and shit. And I only got into them a few years ago, but I'm really into their whole, like the, the whole conceptual idea of fish and like all the crazy shit that they do. That appeals to me so much. Like, hell stuff, yeah, absolutely. You know, theme shows, like the, the musical costume thing. They fucking invented a, a made up Scandinavian band and then played that band's entire album in the middle of of their halloween show as like a it's crazy who does that why would you need to do that that show i was there and that is the single best fish show i've ever been to and i believe he um, told the story about how he tricked an entire group of people into watching a powerpoint presentation about it yeah i i, I maybe i don't know if i mentioned this on air um but yeah so the uh the Castle Vaxed thing. Um, yeah. For Halloween, uh, what, fish is... I, I, I feel like the the Halloween thing is maybe their, like, most well-known yeah, tradition. Yeah, that's like their... Yeah, that's their trademark. Yeah. Um, in the mid-90s, they started doing Halloween shows. And they'd played on Halloween before. But uh, starting, like, very deliberately in, I think, 94, uh, they started doing these three-set Halloween concerts where the first and third sets were just regular fish music but the second set was a full cover of another band's album which they called a musical costume uh the first year they did it they did the white album uh by the beatles second year they did it, they did quadrophenia um and for those two years they didn't they never said uh, ahead of time what the album was going to be it wasn't until set two started uh, that you realize, oh, this is the White Album, or oh, this is Quadrophenia. Um, from then on, they started handing out uh, fake Broadway playbills uh, that were labeled Fish Bill, um, and which which would have the 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 album for the night and like some interviews and like fake ads and stuff. Um, but they did uh, Remain in Light by Talking Heads, and then Loaded by Velvet Underground. Then they didn't do it again for like 15 years until 2009 when they did uh, Exile on Main Street uh, by the Rolling Stones featuring the uh, late great Sharon Jones on backup vocals, which I think introduced her to like their entire fan base, which yeah. like right on because Sharon Jones fucking rules. Oh, yeah. um, but then starting in 2011, they started uh, playing around with it. Um, in 2011, they debuted... They covered their own album that they hadn't released yet, which was a weird vibe, to say the least, uh, in in the room, because um, people were like, I want to hear physical graffiti, man. Um, oh, is that the one I was at? They no, you. Oh, you were at Waiting for Columbus. I was at Waiting for Columbus. Yes. Yeah. Which actually I forgot about that one. They did uh, the Little Feet album Waiting for Columbus, uh, which was a two disc live album. It was right around the wingsuit time. I think that's what I'm remembering. Yeah, it was it was the it was two years before. Got um it. but that year they They had Abe Vigoda. Oh, that was the Abe Vigoda year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as as part of that they brought out Abe Vigoda in a oh. wombat suit, but like to explain that would be another like 10 minute monologue and I'm yeah. already in a fugue state at this point. <laughs> um but uh so they did they debuted their own album and then a couple of Halloweens later 
uh, they de- they did a quote unquote cover of an old Disney album from the '60s called "Chilling Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House," oh, yeah. which contains no music and is just these like second person. You're walking through a spooky forest when so suddenly good. you're attacked by a wild dog. <laughs> um, it it owns, and so yeah. they basically just wrote instrumental jams to go with those, and then used yeah. samples. Um, it's so good, and like. They were they were in a, a, a haunted house on stage, and they all were dressed like zombies. It it ruled, um, but then their I, I think their fucking like masterpiece of big conceptual ideas was the following, uh, or two Halloweens later. The next one they did Ziggy Stardust because uh, Bowie had just died, which was which was great. But like, yeah, sure, just exactly right. what you would expect, you know. Yeah. Um, but then they did uh. Castlevault Vaxed, which, uh, as Miles was saying, uh, is a completely made-up Scandinavian uh, rock band who recorded a weird album under auspicious circumstances in a bunker somewhere <laughs> during what may or may not have been like some sort of military mind control experiment. Right. Um, but the they wrote an entire album as this band uh, had some like articles placed in like the like deep in the blogs like WFMU and like other and like not pitchfork but like that kind of thing like of fake interviews with some of the people from this band and then they played the entire album as their second set and it was it was a fucking masterpiece like it like it was the the some of their big conceptual ideas can be a little bit for lack of a better word fishy like a little bit wobbly like didn't quite hold together but like that one just like it was that was everything I love about fish, uh, put into one like very refined package that ticks the boxes of what I like about fish. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like the the music is fantastic, but also just the the stories that that you have to tell about the band to explain the band. That's honestly my favorite part of the whole thing. Cause like, Oh yeah. You know, it's, there are, there are probably better musicians. There are probably better bands, but there's fucking, you know, Led Zeppelin never dressed up like zombies and played an entire, you know, album of Halloween sounds on stage. LCD sound system never flew over the, the Madison square garden in a hot dog twice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the important thing to know about fish, like most men, no one thinks they're funnier than them. Right. Oh, yeah. They think <laughs> they are hilarious. Oh, yeah. In the same way that, like, the bare naked ladies think they're hilarious. Yeah. They're, hey, also, bare naked ladies. Both 30 year old dad bands. So, yeah. True. And yeah. They, uh, they both kind of slap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, bare naked ladies are still really good. They are. Uh, I'm trying to think of where, where I was going. Ah, shit. Oh, well. It was that, like, the that sort of, like, explaining stuff is half the fun. Yeah. It really is. Because it, it, it fills that stupid, like, little nerdy need inside all of us to be like, oh, look at all these things that I know. Which, like, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, that's why that's that's why it appeals to somebody like like me, you know, who's who wants to see a bunch. Oh, it's all connected, man! Look, all the set letter. If you take the first letter of every song in this set, it spells out "thank you" because they had a good time. And then <laughs> they went, and then people got really into that one year, so they spelled one yeah. out that said "everything spells something." Yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah, stupid idiots. Uh, yeah. But also, like, 
fuck it. Everything does spell something, man. Sorry. Or like uh, they did a they did a run at uh, Madison Square Garden oh. uh, three years ago called the Baker's Dozen, where they played thirteen nights, which was one longer than Billy Joel's longest residency. Because uh-huh. uh, eat my dick, piano yeah. man. Back um, on Long Island Railroad, fucking infinity train. <laughs> <laughs> take, take that, Joel. You know, kiss the down easter my ass. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, they, they did 13 nights at the garden over like two weeks, two weeks and change. Um, and they, each night they had, each night was themed to a particular flavor of donut, which they handed out at the door. Um, and then they would play a couple covers or something, uh, that would, that were inspired by the theme. Like the first night was uh, Coconut. So they opened with a cover of Shake Your Coconuts by Junior Senior. Uh, they played Lime in the Coconut later. Um, Boston Cream. Oh, yeah. Boston Cream was great. And they played Boston and Cream and played them together. The Jam Donut, though, was that? Yeah, night four was the Jam Filled Donut, which was the way the run was structured is it would be three nights and then a day off and then two and then a day off and then three and then a day off and then two or, or some, you know, yeah. uh, arrangement like that. And no one was sure. So the other thing that fish does with their set list, mu- much the way that the grateful dead did, but to a, to a, to the nth degree <laughs> is that they will never play a song two shows in a row and they will never play the same song in the same city two times in a row even if it's like the next year um and they and so if they're doing like three or four nights in one city they won't repeat anything over those four shows but nobody really knew going in wait are they gonna are they gonna do 13 without repeats and for the first three nights you know no one was really sure but then there was two days off and they announced that it was going to be jam filled and everyone was like Oh, oh, this is going to this is going to be the one where, like, we're really going to find out what this run is yeah. going to be. And it was I I got there a little bit late um, because I was coming from uh, a, a previous engagement. Um, and as I as I was like approaching the garden, I looked up and I was like, oh, OK, uh, sample in a jar. Cool. I've heard that song a million times. Yeah. That's opened like. 40% of the first sets yeah. I've ever seen. Um, unbeknownst to me, they uh, went in and put a jam into that song where there's never been a jam mm-hmm. before. It's amazing. Um, and then from there, they played this song called Lawn Boy, which is like a... Yeah, how would you describe Lawn Boy? <laughs> so Lawn Boy, I would describe... It's as, a lounge uh, song. It's a lounge song, usually. Uh, Paige, so the, the one time I did manage to see them... It, they played Lawn Boy and Paige came over and, and sang to us. It was fantastic because he, he just kind of like sings. It's very like chill. And the main thing is that it's it's short. It's, it's a yeah. short lounge lizard song. It's a quick little it's a quick little thing. You know, let you know, let fish run to the bathroom or whatever. Like, yeah. I'll take it from here. It, it's a gag that shows up in the first set. Yeah. You know, you know I'm going like, to sing you this little song about, uh, you know, olfactory hues. Yeah, yeah. He'll, do, he'll do, generally do a little like a little bit of patter. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. How you doing? Hey, Mike how's Gordon everybody doing? Base. Yeah. You know, exactly. in in the way that fish usually doesn't. 
Right. Yeah, they're not big. They're not a big uh, stage banter, uh, which is fine because whenever Trey tries to do stage banter, it becomes obvious that he's the world's most awkward man and yeah. cannot do. And don't leave it to Mike Gordon because that's even worse. Yeah, that'll that'll just yeah. make it even weirder. Oh. Yeah. Um. But so the so the jam filled night they do that, and then the second song is Lawn Boy, and Lawn Boy just doesn't end. Lawn Boy just keeps going, uh, and then Paige whips out his keytar that he brought <laughs> bought from James Brown's estate auction, and then next thing you know, they play they play Lawn Boy for thirty six straight minutes, and we were all like, oh, a thirty six minute jam in the first set mm-hmm. off the second song of the thirteen night. Oh my god! Yeah, a thing. The thing that I find interesting, which people listening may have kind of gathered contextually by now, is a a key um, overlap between uh, sports jocks and fish jocks is that you're both very into, like, stats. Yes. It's it's a very Mm -hmm. statsy kind of thing. Like, most people could not tell you the last time their favorite band played something live. But, like, fish fans are, like, so into like dates and stats and when's the last time they played this song and when they played it had did they do it this specific way because there's all these variants based on the jams and stuff which makes it kind of like helps build the like mythos of the fandom which really like helps build them up which is why i think there's really not such a thing as like a casual fish fan (laughs) oh not at all because it's almost like it, it hits that same like collecting mentality or like stats mentality. It's very like fantasy baseball type. But, yeah. Uh, oh, totally. To, to the point where there is literally fantasy, yeah. a fantasy yeah. tour yeah. website, which has a uh, which which has its own like game where you can like make bets on you know what song's gonna be the first set of the tour. You know, that kind of thing. It also has a message board, which is the dregs of fucking humanity. Yes. Horrible. Um, I still check it multiple times a day. But it, is, <laughs> it, is, it, it is like a jam band hell site. And it did result, but well, most of the time, some, it's most done a couple good things. Like that time it got Trey a new pedal. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> like it got Trey a new Ross compressor pedal. Um, it got, uh, uh, it's gotten me a lot of uh, cheap vinyl records over the years. Uh, a lot of good jokes. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm just, checking my email really quick because oh, no i am trying to remember which uh baker's dozen show i had tickets for uh, tell tell him it. a song you heard he'll fucking tell you yeah i know uh okay i actually might God. be able to yeah uh now it's uh, the 29th so that would be that was a couple nights after the jam show because i was supposed to go and uh and i couldn't and it ate me up inside because I had to work instead of instead of going. And then I found out literally years later when the show I was working on rap, I found out that the whole reason I had had to work late was to process these like check requests for the props department. And the prop mm-hmm. master for the show was at the fish show. That's <laughs> why he like that's why he screwed me and made me work. And I was so <laughs> upset and sad. But also I get it. Like okay, that's a oh, good reason. I've been there. Yeah, I've been on. I have had some uh, family trips before <laughs> that were as as far as my boss knew, definitely not to go see fish right. in Vegas. Right. It's uh, you got to do what you got to do if that's if that's what you got to do to see fish. Yeah. 
and and I think that I think that 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 is like you were saying is like that's kind of part of the fun of it is like right. knowing that when you go into it, it's gonna be different every time, and like and I think that is is why. Uh, people get so like stats nerdy about it because like like literally everyone is different and like yeah there's a sort of like broad swath of like this is what an average fish show is like but like the ones where like where something really special happens or they do some big crazy stunt and because like the big ones aren't always like hey this was a big stunt that we planned you know we did this whole like musical thing you know, sometimes like some of the most quote unquote important uh, shows in the fish canon are just like a random Tuesday uh, in Uniondale uh, right. where at the Nassau Coliseum where they played a song they hadn't played in 20 years and some like really amazing jams on top of it. Like it's 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 such a special thing that feels like it 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 feels like it's alive and like and and evolving in a way that like most other bands aren't like you know roughly what a Jimmy Buffett concert would be like right. or a you know they might be giants show you know there's not going to be a lot of variation in you know a Taylor Swift show from night to night right. but like it's yeah it's it's very much this the spirit of like live performances that literally you don't know what's going to happen and it might be amazing it also might yeah. be terrible it could go it could go horribly wrong but, oh yeah, they eat shit. Yeah, like, I have seen some terrible fish shows, like real, real bad ones. They go yeah. out there and they swing for the fucking fences. And like, and I and I think it's because it feels like they're, it feels like they're right there with right. you. Like they don't know what they're planning. Well, like yeah, like they like Trey has said in interviews like lately, like they don't. For the most part, they don't have a set list. Like, yeah, if they're doing something like Castle of Axed or like... Or they're spelling something. Yeah, if they're spelling something, sure. But, like, for the most part, they'll, like, talk about what they kind of maybe want to play throughout the day. Trey has, like, a song list of, like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking, like, this big pool of stuff. But they tear it up right before they go on stage and just sort of go. And it, it, it really, like, more than any other band, I... I even including the Grateful Dead, I think they they really have worked to make it feel like everyone is there as part of one big whole. It's not like we're all there to see a a band. It's like we're all right. there for a fish show. Yeah. If that ma- yeah. if that distinction and makes sense. Of course, you know they are ultimately still a band that has a recording yeah. contract and is responsible to Universal or whoever the fuck they're on. Oh, they're like, in, they're independent now, actually. Okay, yeah. that's great. But my point is, when they're touring a new album, like yes, there are certain songs you are more likely to hear more often because they are touring that album. Like there is still that portion of it, but they manage to not make it feel like like what you're saying. Like you're going to see the same show every night because it's promoting that album. Right. Like you might get. Yeah. one of the songs from the new album in it or it might go into rotation a lot more that season of touring but yeah oh it's just there's never gonna be a moment where trey's gonna be like all right now we'd like uh, this one's off our new album it's, you know, yeah and then just like play it that yeah. would never happen no um actually there was there was one show god where, damn it <laughs> where, uh, where trey said, said something effective like all right this is uh this is gonna be our new single uh for a new album uh uh, the radio's gonna hate it because it's really long and really slow. <laughs> and then they played "Story of the Ghost" for eighteen minutes, and then they played it. They played it again, <laughs> slower. Stupid. See, no one thinks they're funnier than they do. 
Yeah. And, like, they're very talented yeah. musicians, but part of the uh, laissez-faire, let's figure it out when we go on stage, does mean that sometimes they'll uh, they'll dive into a choice and then Trey will be like, oh, this was a bad one. For example, one of the yeah. recurring jokes is um, whether or not Trey can actually play the solo in Sugar Shack, which is a Mike Gordon <laughs> yeah. song, so in fairness, is super weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The har- you know it's going to be a good harvest if Trey gets that one right. Or at the beginning <laughs> of um, Kill Devil Falls. Oh yeah, which I think is yeah, a good yeah. a good way to uh, segue into the so- the topic of uh, gay Trey songs. Which I I <laughs> look full disclosure on on this podcast, like we do not believe in using gay as a pejorative, and that's not what nope. this is. No, <laughs> it's just what they're called. <laughs> yeah, it was just another another gay uh, Trey term songs from. I think from people just tour. like the rhyming at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they have sort of switched into full on like dad rock mode yeah. over the last decade or so I mean, and i kind of don't hate it they're all very solidly dads yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're all yeah. they're all super super duper dads yeah. do you uh are you pro pro dad band i yeah you know i i i am i they're they're so fish broke up for about five years uh from 2004 to 2009 uh and when they came back they released an album called joy which like was at the time felt like the least fishy album fish had right. ever made which is why i said it should be the one you tell people to start with <laughs> which is, which is we fair. had a debate about this earlier uh, yeah which, which is that and like i like joy quite a bit joy has some good songs on it i like joy but it's not particularly fishy yeah uh or at least at least the way i would define fishy but but like one of the great things about fish is that like the way one person defines fishy can be completely different uh, than the way somebody else does. Like, like to me, the perfect fish set is probably going to be completely different than what Miles's would be. That's, you yeah, know, absolutely. I only recently listened to, uh, to Joy actually because I just did not care to listen to anything but that's fair live recordings. I it kind of fair. was like. I was sort well, of like, a lot of people like I that ask. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, when's the last time you listened to a Fish Studio recording of anything? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think go. I listened to Big Boat a little while ago. Oh, you know what? I did. I listened to Big Boat. No, that was like my wedding. Oh my god, Jesus, that was years ago. Oh, did you did you use a, a Fish song in your wedding? <laughs> I, uh, I I was in charge of the reception music. So oh, hell yeah. I snuck, yes. snuck a couple of snuck a couple of winners in there. Brandon was in charge of the uh, reception music, and there was actually a fish song in our wedding. So there you go. Nice. We we had both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big boat, big boat. You did listen to a lot of, but my point is, it's not even now. Now that you've listened to big boat quite a bo- bit, if you wanted to hear a big boat song, you would go to a show. You know, it was in. Oh, absolutely. You wouldn't yeah. go to the yeah. album. Fish fans yeah. don't go to the studio albums. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard when people are like, what should I start with? It's weird because like the studio albums are not the core of the fish listening experience. But at the same time, directing someone to a live show is kind of like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's actually uh, that that nicely segues into uh, the audience questions portion of the show. I think unless unless Miles there unless there's any so other no, aspects I, of fish that we haven't quite touched on. You... I think uh, no, I think we, I think we're hitting it. I, no. feel, I really want to listen to fish. <laughs> I think yeah, you right? guys are hitting it, and also oh, like 
I if I I, I haven't I've kind of like been letting you guys weigh in with your like I obviously don't have as much as I'm like I don't have a lot of fish knowledge I don't have that like specific fish knowledge that like stats thing that I was talking about that's just not mm-hmm. how my brain works but I've been with you for 13 years now Brandon uh yeah so like I'm very familiar uh we started dating before they you've come with me to about that many fish shows yeah I think I've been to like 14 um yeah, 13, 14. but yeah. although the last one I went to I spent most of it outside because we were in a fight uh <laughs> yeah that yeah. sucked I didn't I, that was not a, that, that was that was a bad night and also a bad fish show. yeah also like everybody in the audience sucked and I kept getting beer spilled on me so I just oh. left yeah um, hey LA LA fish crowds be better yeah it was at the <laughs> there, forum I said it. it was at uh. the forum out in Irvine um but like we started dating before they got back together yeah so you thought it was dead I did yeah yeah I had I had just missed them I got into fish uh early like my freshman year of high school which was like 2002 and they had been on a hiatus for a couple years from uh 2000 to uh beginning of 2003 um and which like the uh the elephant in the room they're like yeah guys trey had a drug problem okay (laughs) it happens he's clean now they're all talented musicians (laughs) yeah turns out uh needed to break up the band so he wouldn't die yeah yeah um but so like I the only time they ever came to Charlotte, I was at fucking theater camp for uh, <laughs> theater tech, which is a skill I still have and do use. not have. Um, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that was before I realized like that, that if you that you could like write and direct if you wanted to be involved with theater and not be an actor. Right. <laughs> um, but so I, I had missed them completely. Yeah. Um, uh, until we were in in college and they announced their reunion. And when they announced it, they made this there. It was with this really cool video for a couple of years after they got back together, they, they were producing these really elaborate tour announcement videos. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, the video for this one was a, uh, a painter, uh, painting the, uh, outside of Hampton Coliseum, which has this very specific, like spaceship looking light design, which is why it's called the mothership. But, uh, it was a time-lapse of this guy essentially painting that, and then he he painted out fish Hampton, you know, and then the dates. Um, I was told that you went. I, I I went, yeah, and it was amazing. Um, but I was told that the uh, when I was watching this video, this I was so excited that the like sound that I was making the chair make, we were never able to replicate. Yeah, <laughs> like I was bouncing up and down in such a specific way that like. We, we were never able to, to make it happen again. I forgot about that. Oh, but yeah, but my point is, I have been around this for a while. And so like a lot of times people will often like come to me to ask about the fish thing because they're right. like, Brandon's so into the fish thing. Like, how do you deal with that? And I'm like, it's look, at the end of the day, like it's it's music. They're talented musicians. They're not yeah. always my thing. But like I've never, other than like a bad crowd experience, like once or twice, like I've never had a bad experience at a fish show like generally like the fandom is pretty chill it's it's a big musical experience like yes there are some songs that are more noise than others um but it's not like the primary thing like at the end of the day i don't think it's if it's not your thing don't listen to it like i i don't know like it hasn't it hasn't and, really and ever the like crowds yeah the crowds are generally very 
very welcoming yeah and very yeah. like which I, I did want to specify because like i was like oh that one show i went to the crowd was terrible like but like that's generally not been my experience with fish shows like that one it was an outlier because like we were already in a fight and then the crowd sucked so like yeah. that was like it's definitely an outlier like it's a chill show to go to and even if you don't know what's going on like that's fine because you don't need to know the songs it's not the kind of thing where people are like singing along like yes there are occasional like crowd things where they'll all clap or whatever but like you pick it up pretty easy it's more about the experience of it and i think that is pretty cool to be a band that is primarily enjoyed and experienced live which is very different from a lot of other recording artists that people are going to be used to you know which that actually uh reminds me there there is there have been uh, a couple documentaries about fish and about trey and they've been fine. Uh, the first one was uh, Bittersweet Motel, which came out in like 98 or 99, I think, which was yeah, directed by... Yeah, so they were by... like a peak bullshit. Yeah, that yeah. was when they were in their peak, like, kind of scumbag artist phase. Right. Um, like, just re... Like, they got... They were so fucking arrogant for the back half of the 90s, and like, <laughs> I'm here for it, but like, maybe tone it down a little yeah. bit, y'all. Um but they, they, this documentary came out directed by Todd Phillips, uh, the man behind uh, the most twisted movie of all time, The Joker. <laughs> um, and I, th- that movie was really formative in my like early love of getting into fish. It's it's partly why I st- why I like have the haircut and like you know. Uh, you know, general style sense that I have. Okay, well, you have the haircut um, you have right now because of pandemic, and I love you, but yes. God, I can't wait till you get your haircut. <laughs> Fair. Oh, um, it's uh, very we'll talk long. about it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 biggest thing about Bittersweet Motel is that Todd Phillips just clearly doesn't doesn't get fish. Yeah. Like he doesn't fully get what fish is about, and like it's it's an entertaining documentary, but like. It, it, Trey comes off like kind of an asshole in it, and I I, I don't think it's entirely his fault. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a documentary just about Trey that came out like last year. That was that was fine. It was like kind of felt a little bit like an I'm sober puff piece. Right. Um, but like the the best documentary or or you know longer form thing about fish that I think has ever been made is this podcast series called Long May They Run. Which, like, 30 people fucking texted you and I about when it came out just to make sure you'd known about it. My <laughs> yep. mom texted me to oh, make sure yeah. that you knew about it. <laughs> That's Isn't that yeah. always great when you're, the, when you're, like, the fan of something that somebody knows and so mm-hmm. then they send you anytime it's, yeah, anybody, yeah. Everybody knows his brand. Speaking of, y'all, I, I, I love you all. I, I'm Glad that you know that I love Jimmy Buffett and I like that you send me Jimmy Buffett stuff, but I know about the Jimmy Buffett retirement community. I've known about it for several years now. You d- no one needs to send me that anymore, okay? Thanks, guys. Um, but the So the podcast, uh, Long May They Run, um, is uh, ostensibly a, a, about fish, but it- It yeah. came about at this time last year. Yeah, it's, it's about a year old. Um, they did, I think- 12 of them 11 or 12 um and they're up, apparently working on a second season about a different band um but it, it was about fish but it was just as much if not more so about like the peripheral people in their orbit and like the sort of like scenes that have like popped up within the fish scene or like like there's this one episode that's like 
almost entirely an interview with their like weird New York City booker guy who's the most like, you know, I'm walking here kind of guy, you know, which contrasts hilariously with Fish's very like kind of like giggling to yourself. Chill vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he loves them. He comes on and he's just like, oh, I love these guys. I got to book them. Yeah. And like it, 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 it paints a much larger picture of the the fish world than just focusing on the music, which like I think is is a thing that gets lost in translation f- mm-hmm. between fish people and normal people. Well, because because normal people think, oh, you like a band, okay, I'll listen to some of their music, and then there's oh, okay, so this is what their music sounds like. It's fine, I suppose, but not yeah. for me. And they just move on. But, yeah. But then they're like, why are you going to see it four nights in a row? Right, exactly. <laughs> which I, which I, my, my counter argument to that is, are you only going to go to like one baseball game? Yeah. Like, you know, if you like a team. Yeah, go to more. Go to all of them. Go to as many as you can. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> and maybe it, they'll pitch a harpua. Well, and it also yeah. ties back to that thing we were talking about earlier of most people, when they think of a concert, they think of like, this is the tour and you play the same set list every night. And why would you go see that more than once? And that's just not what a fish show is. And that's, that is again, it's just a thing. It's just a shift in thinking from people who have never thought about what a jam band show looks like. Fish is a really advanced thought technology. That's uh, no, but it's, it's (laughs) different than the, what you're going to hear on the radio. What, you know, the majority of people Mm -hmm. think of when they just, you know, consume music. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Do you want to move on to your questions? So, so yeah. So now, um, earlier today, I opened up the floor to questions from uh, our listeners, our past guests, um, anyone who really wanted to ask questions about the wet and wild world of fish. And I, I phrased it by saying, finally, we're doing a fish episode. Um, I'm opening the floor to questions, comments, and concerns, both earnest, ironic, and otherwise. Um, and I'm just going to read every single one we got. All right. Ooh. The one I was talking about, you got to read underneath mine. You got you got to read into the comments, or they don't always work. That's true. Yeah. Um, our first question comes from Poo Poo Will Morgan. What came first, the band Fish, Fishing Scam, the Sea Creatures Fish, or Albert Fish? Miles, <laughs> I'll I'll let you handle okay. that one. All right. <clears throat> so uh, let's see. Am I fish fishing scams? Okay, fishing scams. Okay, so. My choices are the band fish, fishing scams, the uh, aquatic animal fish, animal yeah. fish, uh, just no no specific kind of fish, just no the concept. And then uh, what was knowing the last one? Will Morgan, probably whatever kind of fish has diarrhea. Albert the fish, most. okay, and Albert fish, who was uh, a serial killer, right? Yes, uh, yeah, the the vampire of Brooklyn, um, the werewolf so, of Wisteria. Oh, even oh, the better. Brooklyn vampire, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, so. I believe Albert Fish is, uh, this is a fun overlap between fish fans and fans of serial killers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe Albert Fish is like turn of the 20th century, late 1800 times. So Yeah, he died in 1936. Okay, so uh, I will say he came second after Sea Creatures Fish, uh, the guild scaled finned little guys fly around in the ocean. They're number one. Albert Fish, number two, the band Fish is number three, and the Fishing Scam uh, is number four. So that's by email, and Fish predates the internet. Well, there you go. Correct. Asked and answered, Will Poo Poo Morgan. Correct. Nailed it. Um, 
our next question comes from Andrew Falkenhainer. Why did Beth let this happen? I did account uh, for myself up top already. I accounted yeah. for my crimes because we got that question a lot. You you <laughs> did, but I, I'm still going to read them just to show how a lot we got it. Okay. <laughs> um, the next question comes from past guest Sam Weller. What is it about jam bands that make them so divisive? Also, if I like Wolfpack, am I in any way going to enjoy Fish? Uh, to, to which previous guest of the show, Dominique Johnson, responded, Sorry, Sam, but Wolfpack is not a real band, which is fair. <laughs> Finally, somebody says it. They are a band created for Facebook. Um, this is a question I genuinely kind of struggle with. I was going to say, this is actually a kind of difficult question. So, I, think, I think jam bands are divisive because it's, it's not anybody it's not somebody's fault for not liking a jam band i really honestly think it it's like an instinctive thing it's just yeah. your first instinct is oh a bunch of people like this thing that i'm not familiar with i'm skeptical of it and then you can either get over that and, and get into it or you can just never try to get into it and you just move on with your life but then every time you hear about it you're going to be like yeah man they suck without even really knowing just because you, I don't know why though. This is a divisive it's, question. It's 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 yeah. hard, but it's also like, what about jam bands that make them so divisive? You could substitute any other like, what is it about country that makes it so divisive? What is it about metal that makes it so divisive? What is it about EDM that makes it so divisive? And it's just we all have different brains and different you know fucking vibrations in the air make our brains happy or not depending on our brain chemistry. So like, it's just not for everyone. And you know, I I think a lot of that. It's kind of the same reason people don't like and are, like, actively sort of dismissive about improv, um, which is that, like, the idea of just, like, oh, they're just going to go up there and they're just going to, like, play songs for, like, however long or, like, they're just going to go up there and just, like, make up some sketches. Right. Like, that that doesn't sound great. Okay. So, but- like, I, like, like, I, like, I, I kind of, I kind of get it, but it's the same thing as, like, watching a really, really good jam bands fish fish especially uh is the same as like watching like a really really it's like watching fucking tj and dave or any other like or thomas middleditch and uh, ben schwartz it's like watching two people like it's like watching telekinesis happen yeah but also just like watching bad improv sucks watching bad jam bands also sucks if you want to get into jam bands don't go watch your local jam band at the vfw they're probably not great yeah, no, don't go see Bellyful at the Neighborhood Theater. Uh, I will say- Oh, no, that's mean. I'm not going to shit on Bellyful. I saw them a bunch in college. Can I shit on Twiddle? Everyone can shit on Twiddle. Yeah, shit on Twiddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also that's a fun game thing. I like to play is um, Diner Menu Item or Jam Band Name. Uh, <laughs> because jam bands have some ridiculous names. Like, the culture that surrounds jam bands absolutely uh, deserves to be made fun of. Oh, deserves all uh, the scorn in the It deserves absolutely. every joke anyone has ever made about it. But that doesn't mean that the people playing it are not very talented. Oh yeah, yeah. and like like e- like even a band like like Twiddle, who for whatever reason there there's generally like a sort of jam band punching bag at any given moment. And mm-hmm. for the last little while, it's been Twiddle. For that, it uh, was WSP. Are, yeah, for, yeah, I sort was of. Say. Sucks. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, you you have, uh, you know. Twiddle released a two-disc album called Plump, Chapters 1 and 2, with tracks like The Fantastic Tale of Ricky Snickle and Jam Flow Man, which is like... Jam Flow Man. Like, that's what I get. Like, if, if you're... If you... He- Remember the South Park episode where, where with the Jam Band Festival? 
Yeah, uh, no. No, but I did a lot of drugs when South Park was popular. That's, that's fair. No, but we, did, I'm surprised you didn't talk about it on the South Park episode we just did. I oh. I, com- I had completely sort of forgotten about it, honestly. There's a jam band episode of uh, uh, South Park where essentially like a Bonnaroo comes to town and Cartman makes this big elaborate drill to drill under the hippies and like oh, stop yeah. the music festival. Oh, yeah, and the band is clearly visually fish from I think 1998 because I know the exact source photo they took the <laughs> uh, uh, the, the band members' likenesses from. Sure. Um, but like the but musically it's Mo and that's kind of what uh, Twiddle sounds like. It's like it's just like we're doing reggae fast with right. uh, our delay pedals on, um, and we're gonna do it for 28 minutes. Um, so yeah, they deserve to be made fun of. They do. <laughs> Um, but also, I mean, this jam band, like the like, what is it about jam bands? Like we, we've talked about this before because we did a yeah. whole jam band episode with uh, with Jillian Dunn. It was episode thirty. That's what I was looking for. That's why I was stalling on that sentence. Um, so if you want more information about like the wide the wider range of jam bands and like what they do and why jam bands, go check that episode out. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> and as and as far as Sam's question about uh, Wolfpack. If you like Wolfpack, will you in any way enjoy Fish? I think maybe. there is some crossover. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, the answer is maybe. Yeah. Um, sure. Wolf, Wolfpack is basically what happened if uh, Fish were straight edge kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're definitely more funky and more stylistically of, you know, our time period. They're they're Fish 30 years later, basically. <laughs> yeah, but they but they they have a similar sense of humor. They're they're both willing to be goofy. Uh like like that's half the charm of Wolfpack is that they're they're kind of silly. But there's also like 13 more members of Wolfpack than there are of Fish. That's true. Yeah, that is that is true. Fish couldn't add um, any more weirdos. They already have Mike Gordon. That's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Th- there was an interview with Fishman uh years ago where he said that Fish is just three guys looking at Mike Gordon going who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Our next question comes from. Oh, can uh, I wait before you go to the next question? I would yeah. like to specify for people as we're answering these questions, and we maybe start talking about some of the members. The band's drummer is named Fishman. Is named John Fishman, and they also often call him Fish. Yes, so there right. is some um, linguistic confusion occasionally, and we will try to be clear. And he's the reason the band is called Fish, because Trey early on was like, well, if, if I was watching this band, he's the one I'd be watching. But like, he's the most dynamic, interesting one. Yeah, it's right. not spelled with PH. Um, yeah. So our next question comes from uh, Dominique Johnson. What's the longest they've played one song? Now, this is a song that can technically have a couple answers. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Miles, do, do you happen to know? No, I do not. I, I'm thinking. I'm sure you know. Go ahead. Is it a song at New Year's? Uh, no. Okay. Then I don't know. No. Well, um, you were going to say, Miles? I was just, I was going to point out that, like, really, they're kind of just playing one long song this whole time. That's true. It's still going, you know? But That's that true. It's, all, it's true all Lawn Boy. Right. It's all, it's all lawn still boy. Lawn Boy. Aren't yeah. we all just kind of asking, is this still Lawn Boy? Is this still Lawn you Boy? Know? Isn't that what life Often. is? Often. Is yeah. this still Lawn Boy? Is this still Lawn Boy? You know, when you when you phrase it the way you did it, it really makes me think of like that might be the most zap the most Zappa thing that they ever did. He had this like 
big lofty idea that he called conceptual continuity of like every every single thing that he's ever appeared on or worked on or whatever is part of like this bigger whole that right. like references back on itself and like you know sort of is constantly in conversation with what it's what he's made before um and like Fisher constantly doing that. Yeah, they totally are. They're they're always you know the every now and then you'll just get a, a game hinge reference in there. It's like whoa, oh yeah, yeah. that that's a thing. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, or like you know why it's funny that they played this one song two times in a row, right? You know, and then opened the next show with it. Yeah. So what's your answer though, babe? What's the longest they've ever played one song? So technically. The answer is the version of Runaway Jim that they played on November 27th, 1997 at the Centrum in Worcester, um, which clocked in at 58 minutes and 49 seconds. And this this included some tangents into like Weekapog Groove. And it had it had a few little, uh, you know, it, it it flirted with a couple other songs, but never did a full on like fish will often for their second sets. They'll they'll do a thing where they'll like start playing tweezer then they'll get to the jam part and then through the jam part of that they'll you know sort of it'll evolve into suddenly now they're playing stash this might be a good place for you to explain type one and type two mm, yeah that that is that is a good point um but so they, they will they'll sometimes like weave between songs over the course of of a set um which is why which is also why like you can look at a fish set list and, and sort of go like oh huh that's interesting how did they get from here to here, how did they get to this song from that song via the song in the middle? You know, like it, like it's it's fun to look at and try to figure out the musical math of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, nerds. I don't know exactly where where the term came from, but uh, the sort of commonly used term among the community is type one and type two jams. A type one jam uh, or a type one song, I guess, is a song that. It, it can be jammed out for a while. Um, it's it's not a, a measurement of time. It's more a measurement of change. Um, so like a type one jam will never really move out of the constraints of the song. Like it'll stay in roughly the same key. It'll roughly be the same kind of feel. It'll still play with the themes. Know. Yeah. It, it might like evolve a little bit. It might get faster. It might get uh, slow down. But it, it's it's generally kind of more contained whereas a type 2 jam is something that fully abandons uh the structure of the song um and and w- the exact moment when a, when something changes from one to the other you can debate endlessly but it it um it's just a way to signify like oh this 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 version of this song is a really good like oh this is just a like the platonic ideal of like a chalk dust torture, you know, like a really right. just 10 minute perfect, you know, if you, like, this is what you want out of this song, as opposed to like, you know, the version of uh bathtub gin that they play at the great went, which is like sort of the type two jam, uh, really, which like becomes its own thing. That's like practically its own song. So was that version of runaway gym type one? Uh, since oh, it no, went no, no, to no, 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 it was type two, right? Because it went to other songs and came back. Oh yeah, back. it was it was it was hard type two. Yeah, yeah. You you can't you, an audience would lose their mind if they if they stayed in right. the progression for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that beats the second place uh song, uh, a tweezer from June fourteenth ninety five by almost ten minutes. 
Um, I I have the list of the top three, six, nine, the top ten uh, longest fish jams <laughs> sitting in front of me, but I won't bore you with those. So there's your answer, Dom. Boom. Done. However, Dom did have a follow-up question. Yes. Which was, oh, where did it go? This is where he and I got in a debate here. Because uh, it would be the next question on the list. Oh, yeah, I, I, see, I see it now. It's um, uh, it's how much better would fish be if Lace Claypool played bass? And then I asked, isn't that just Oysterhead? And then he asked me to please respect his question. And then he asked you to please publicly denounce Mike Gordon on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's fair. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't keep up with everything that, that Mike Gordon says or does or tweets on any given day. Um, you know, <laughs> that's probably uh, that, 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 that parallel, uh, Trump joke didn't work. Uh, so I'm just going <laughs> to ignore it and uh, move right on. Um, the, actually, if you want to hear what fish sounds like with less Claypool, check out, uh, <laughs> I believe it was how it was Vegas ninety eight. I believe they released a uh, a recording of their Vegas concert, which ends with uh, a song they have called Harpua, which uh, involves Trey telling a story. Um, and over the course of this story that he tells, which is different every time, it's generally just an excuse to like bring out a, a weird friend of theirs to do a cover or to like do some sort of weird stunt or something like that. And it's a song they only play maybe once a year, once every couple of years. Um, like, they're kind of a special thing that they use, like, you know, to kind of punctuate a tour. Um, but this particular Harpua was, like, half an hour long and was the big Vegas spectacle where uh, they brought out uh, three Elvis impersonators to do an Elvis battle against Fishman at one point. Uh, they wanted to bring out some tigers, but I don't think they were able to at the end. <laughs> um but at one point they brought out uh, the members of Primus uh, who played along with the intro to the song while also singing this weird old, like, I want to say, like, Carter family song called The Wildwood Flower, oh. uh, which is about getting fucked up on a weird, like, bunch of weeds you find on your farm somewhere. Um, and turns out Primus with fish uh, does sound like Oysterhead. Yes, Dom, you're correct. No, I said it sounded like Oysterhead, and then he said, please respect my question. Um, th- then yes, Beth, you are, you are correct. Dom, I, I do yeah. respect your, your question. Your, your question, I was not expecting to get there mathematically, but, uh, you know, sometimes the numbers will surprise you. Yeah, that's why I said, um, isn't it just Oysterhead? Because anything that Les Claypool plays on somehow just becomes a Primus song. Yeah, in, in the same way that doesn't happen with, like, Trey has such a specific guitar playing sound, mm-hmm. but like him playing on a track doesn't fully like make it a Trey track. Yeah. Whereas like if you've got Les Claypool playing on anything, yeah, you know he's there. Oh yeah, like on on the last little Les like, Claypool, mini run America's of... most subtle bass player. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he's the American Getty Lee, um, <laughs> who's 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 the Canadian uh, John Entwistle. <laughs> stupid um but am i wrong he's not wrong you're not wrong i'm gonna go I'm ahead and an say not wrong a monster but actually during the, the last little uh oysterhead mini run they did a couple covers which was weird and yeah. it's so funny to hear like actually they did 46 days which is a, a bit kind of dad rock uh yeah. fish song it's, it's very much just like a standard sort of like classic rock blues jam
And when you take that, but then add Les Claypool. You know, Trey's a fine singer, but Les Claypool is never going to harmonize with anybody. Yeah. So, like, you've got Trey singing, but then you've also got Les Claypool going, Lee Fordham sold me out. A 46 days in the cold rain out. He can't bow when they're ready to stall. Like, already through a pig mask. Yeah. Nailing yeah. the lyrics, though. Those are the actual lyrics. The 46 days. The, I, yep. Yep. Um, On to Twitter questions, I believe. Yeah, um, our, our next question is from uh, Nick Gligger, which just said, finally. Uh, I don't know what that is supposed to mean. That's not questions. The, only read the ones that are questions, babe. <laughs> um, so the next one is from uh, past guest of the show, uh, Whitney Reynolds, who you just heard on our Clone High episode and you heard on our older uh, One Direction episode. If I were to listen to one song of theirs, what would it be? Um, this question mm. legitimately fucked me up. Okay. Because I was I, I was trying to find a wit answer and then also a general answer. Mm-hmm. Which I then tried to make the question simpler for him and said, if you had to introduce someone to Fish with one album, what would it be? And then that spun into a conversation we had all afternoon, which is why I said we were talking about Joy. Uh, uh, our, our buddy uh, our buddy Tom, who's the waiter down at the, uh, the restaurant down the street that we really like, weighed in as well and said Farmhouse or Rift. <laughs> um, oof. Well, I can tell you yeah. what song you should not use, and that is "Getting Jiggy with It" uh, no. from Hampton Comes Alive. Just you should not use anything that has the vacuum. Nope. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know that I was that far gone. I didn't know that I was that far gone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Luke Skywalker will now perform on the Electrolux for you. Luke Skywalker. Um, but also you never it's very your instinct is that you want to do a cover because you're like oh you like this song so if i play you a version where like so you know the words but you'll be able to see how they like put their own spin on it uh that's a very 
you know, that makes sense. And it fails every time because the inevitable yeah. answer is, oh, I could just listen to that song. Like, yeah, that is a hard lesson that we all yeah. learn the um, hard way many times throughout our lives. Yeah. And I think the thing is that it's as much as you can't pick a song because what they do is more about the full experience right. of at least a set of songs, even yeah. even if not a whole album even if not even a full you know live set but at least like a group you kind of have to see how they flow together yeah. to get and, and the thing i can tell you from experience also nobody wants to hear that answer yeah nobody wants to hear that answer either see you have to like it's hard it's so hard to like couch yeah saying listen to this but not like prefacing it yeah yeah i will often during uh rehearsals uh with inkblot if we're just kind of like jamming around, like like waiting for someone to arrive at the rehearsal space or something like that, uh, there have been a couple times where I've just started playing a fish riff and not told anybody what it was, but you know, it was it was a simple enough one to be able to just be like, here's the chords, just follow. Um, to afterwards be able to go, surprise, you just played a fish song. <laughs> yeah. And then they uh, they I sent the actual song to them and. Uh, uh, Madeline, our uh, main songwriter, was like, "Oh, uh, now I get your entire guitar thing." Right. So uh, I had to quit Inkblot forever, <laughs> in shame. Because uh-huh. what am I but fake Trey? Oh, I thought that was. I thought you just really liked tweezers. I don't know. <laughs> What's the one with the clapping? I like the one with the clapping, and I think uh, that one's stash. a good musician. Yeah. I think that's a good one that you, you get their kind of jammy thing, but it's also more of a, it has yeah. more of a traditional song structure than a lot of their songs do. Yeah. yeah. The lyrics are just pure nonsense. Yeah, but that's okay. I took my friend to a fish show and they played Stash and, and he did enjoy that one because it's always fun too when Stash. you have a thing where the whole audience gets to clap, you know? Yeah. Or like that. Yeah. Because uh, like f- fish is definitely not the like, isn't uh, isn't a like everyone's gonna sing along to the yeah. chorus real loud kind of band, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of these things that have sort of just like yeah. naturally cropped up over the years, like the clapping and stash, right. or they have a song called Harry Hood where like yeah. there's a bit where the band says Harry and there's a little musical pause, and then the crowd just started yelling back Hood, Hood. like on their own yeah. in the like mid '90s, and it just then became part of the song. Yep, it became the thing. Um, uh, speaking of their lyrics being nonsense, should I tell that story? Uh, yes, 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 yes. So uh, one of the shows that we saw at Madison Square Garden when we were still living in New York, um, I was headed back on the subway. I was, I was on, on the C train out of out of uh, Penn Station and uh, sitting across from uh, this guy and this girl. And another thing that's important to know about 
fish fandom is that it overlaps quite a bit with like Dave Matthews band fandom, which means that you get a lot of those like business bros, but they're also jam band fans. Like, yeah. but, so it's like not what you think when you think you think like it's all like weird hippies, but no, it's a lot of dudes in like khakis polos and khakis polos yeah. and khakis so this guy he's uh they had clear him and this girl had clearly a lot of guys named chase <laughs> yeah like he he probably like they probably had gone to dinner beforehand or whatever but like she was dressed up she was wearing heels she was she looked good like she clearly went on this date in full faith and then was brought to a fish concert and Aww. had no idea what she was getting into and once again to her credit, she was fucking trying, my dude. Yeah. They have a song called David Bowie, which they just yeah. sing David Bowie over and over again. David Bowie. And um, so she's sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting across from them. And they're talking about the show. And she's like, so do people do, do does David Bowie know he has, they have a song about him? <laughs> and he was like, well, it's not really about him. And he was like kind of being <laughs> shitty to her oh, about God. it. And then she was like, well, do people think their lyrics like mean something? And and he was just being like, I basically watched this relationship not work in front of me because she was earnestly trying to like get it. But every question that she asked, he just got so defensive about it that he was just being shitty to her. Yeah. So, uh, no, people don't think their lyrics mean something. Don't worry about it, young lady. I hope you found somebody (laughs) better in your life. (laughs) And that young woman grew up to be David Bowie. Right. Yeah. And was rescued by oh, let's say Mo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the band. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think no, the bar probably the best place to to start, like album wise, would probably be like probably be Rift or Billy Breathes. Uh, Rift is a concept album that's sort of like a, a couple's a couple that's having a fight. It's their dreams over the course of an, of an evening. Which, like, you cannot give that album shit and then turn around and tell me you like the Mountain Goats. Fuck you. <laughs> right. That's excellent point. I personally, for whatever reason, I don't particularly like the production of that album, but uh, it, is a, it is a very good album. It, it's probably their best, most consistent studio work. And it is an album that was not necessarily, like... I'm not trying. I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. It not that it was made for studio recording, but because it was made to go together, it fits better on an album than I think a lot of their other stuff, which is often better experienced live. Yeah, and like like a lot of Fish albums can kind of just feel like here's the songs that would work as studio songs from the last few years, right? Because um, Fish are constantly debuting new songs. They have a catalog of probably three hundred plus songs at this point which is what is so impressive about their laissez-faire attitude towards set list because they have to remember everything so as yeah. much as i'm yeah. i love giving trey shit for fucking up solos he's got a lot in his head he's trying to remember <laughs> how to play yeah uh miles do you have do you have a uh recommendation i uh i i just you know you know what is their uh the song that everybody hates uh all fish fans hate for some reason sparkle uh, uh sparkle fucking rules i mean yeah that's that's what i'm saying too but for some reason i uh i have it in my head that that it's that people don't like spark or like that fish fans don't like sparkle but it is incredibly it's catchy it's you know super easy to follow it's you know it's it's a good it's a solid song i'd say listen to sparkle the pressure builds you buy a gift you're hoping that short dread will lift 
glitters on her like a glass You shut her as it comes to pass Apologize to loosen Lil Converse with Ed, a drive with Jill Your friends can find you in their worlds One by one, a string of pearls Confused you say, this isn't me You hover in their unity Ashamed you slowly lose your grasp Release the links undo the class The skin that drips down off the tree Or peels back slowly from your knee You rub into your lung and heart You laugh and laugh and fall apart 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 has a lot of like it's basically just a, a, a bluegrass song right exactly but it, it has a it has a very fishy like guitar yeah. break to it And a very fishy uh, thing where once you get to the instrumental, it just gets faster and right. faster yeah. and faster and faster and faster exactly. until like the the chorus of the song is it's about a it's about being ner- nervous to propose, um, and the chorus is something about uh, you laugh and laughing fall apart, um, and so the the gag of it is it just goes faster and faster and faster until the band completely falls apart. But then all come back together on a like a dumb little like blues outro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good time. I I think that like I said I like stash. I think that's one of the easier ones to like. Stash is good, yeah. I think structurally has more of like the structure that people are looking for in like a song, but I think it also, you're right. It's kind of too broad a question. I think it's kind of like, what is, what are you willing to have be your entry point? Because if, if the more, if, if you feel like you could get down with the more like dad rock era of them and then work your way backwards, then there's definitely some newer stuff that I'm going to recommend you first. If you're looking for their more like, operatic instrumental like like broad if if you're into compositions then i'm gonna represent i'm gonna give you something different i'm gonna give you divided sky or i'm gonna give you petrichor like it's just they do so many different things that like it's almost like kind of like i need more information to tell you what to suggest (laughs) like yeah yeah but there's we've given you a broad selection, people, of some things you can check out. Uh, but here's a question for you, Brandon. If yes. somebody was just fully open-minded, willing to embrace the experience, and you had to recommend one show they listen to, what show would it be? Hmm. If you have an answer, huh. Miles, you can also go uh, for it. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, Mango Balls uh, Day 2, the one I mentioned way back at the beginning of this. Yeah. is my, my moment of being like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. Uh, it's just a good set. It's, I think I think it's set two. Uh, there's a you know there's a glow stick fight that happens in the middle of it. People just throwing glow sticks everywhere. There's Ferris wheels in the background. It's just 
it's just a fun time and every song they play is awesome and fits together perfectly. I really enjoyed it. I might have broken Brandon with this question. Yeah. I might have broken I his brain. He, he might be until No, 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 no. I I I I think I, I think I figured it out. Okay. <laughs> um I'm gonna go with uh the uh show from December 31st, 1995, which was released uh, commercially as uh, just live at Madison Square Garden. Um, it's a New Year's Eve show, uh, their first show ever at the Garden, which is the venue that they've played the most and where they're sort of the most at home um, and are like really just stretch out more than they do anywhere else and are just way more comfortable. Um, but this is like, this was Fish's first like, They'd played the Garden once before, but this was, like, their first headlining New Year's there. And it was their first kind of, like, real big, like, hey, we're here. We mean fucking business. We're selling out the biggest arena in the world on the biggest holiday of the year um, when we're this weird jam band that, like, doesn't have much commercial success. And, hey, we're going to keep doing this for, like, 25 years. Um, but it 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 covers all the bases, I think, uh of what you could be looking for in a in a fish show there's a there's a um there's not a harpoon but there's a colonel forbin's ascent in there which is another one of those story songs that has like a cool gag in it and that a, one is out of gamehenge as well which if people have listened to the show they heard me try to explain gamehenge to nick Gligger. <laughs> yeah. uh which one thing i didn't mention when we were talking about gamehenge real quick segue is that it, it's not really it's more a tangent but just um and we haven't really talked about this on here either when we're talking about like fish compositions and i had said that like when i talked about game Hench, i talked about that it was his senior thesis one thing i didn't specify is that like trey is like a professionally trained like co like composer like he is yeah very very talented at putting a thing together which is why fish works yeah. oh yeah and totally. we've actually seen him put together like petrichor he did an arrangement that was performed with the la phil that we got to see that was fucking beautiful like he is actually a yeah. genuinely very good composer <laughs> yeah and the the arranger he works with don hart is uh, brilliant um but yeah the the uh this show like has a weird cover of uh, Shine by Collective Soul in it. Yeah. Um, it's got a really good, it's got a couple like 20 plus minute jams in there towards the end. Uh, so you you get your real like, you know, Plinko noise fish uh, in there. It's got some fun covers, uh, a, a deep cut who cover. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it really is just sort of like, it's the peak of what fish could do at that at that point and is sort of them at their most like hey look at us this is what we're about we're we're like showing the world this you know on on in a big way for sort of the first time um uh, and we're going to absolutely nail it um and the fact that it it's you can get it on every streaming service well there you go there you go asked and answered Boom. so our last our last couple questions and then we'll we'll let you go miles yeah. um our next question is from past guest of the show, Michael Duquette. How did you convince this to happen? That's my question. Um, next question comes from guest of the show, Frankie Sterker. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> Our last question comes from a uh, friend of the show, Adam Nave. Are the classic cheddar still the best flavor? Which I take to mean, do we prefer 1.0 fish, which was up to 2000, 2.0 fish, which was the 2003 to 2004 uh, opium years, or 3.0 fish, which was 2009 to now, a.k.a. the dad rock years. 
That's what I take that question to mean, and I will see no other uh, interpretation. Well, did you answer it, though? Oh, I mean, I, I was I was asking Miles. Oh, oh I say uh, I'm thinking, but I I think I got to I'm going to say it. I'm going to say I like I like the current iteration. I like 3.0. I like the dad rock version. I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I get I know. I just think they're they're doing what they do, you know, and that's just they're 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 feeling it. They're they're. They're done, like trying to improve themselves. If that sound, that doesn't sound good, yeah. but it kind of it, like you know, I know what you mean. They're at the top of their game. They're they're just gonna keep fucking doing it. At a certain point, like it's cool to listen to them, like figure it out, and like go and listen to like you know really old, you know, recordings where you can tell like you know somebody's fucked up. That's awesome, and like they're gonna, they they maybe take more risks uh, musically, you know, when they kind of have less. Or they feel like less. Yeah, like they they just, you know, will fuck around more. But now, I mean, shit, it's it's 2020. We all have things to do. We all got places to be. If I'm at a fish show. (laughs) I'm walking here. All right. I'm at the at MSG. I came here to see fish. I want to hear fish. They'll play fish. It's going to be awesome. I have no idea what's going to happen. And then I'm going to go outside and go home. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm inclined to uh, agree with you. I think there is also a, a part of being a fish fan is just sort of accepting like, well, this is what fish is at this moment, and that's cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We're we're all what we are at this moment. Yeah, uh, they've all reached that that beauty of middle age of just being like, "Fuck it, this is what I'm doing." Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we don't care anymore if you like it. <laughs> yeah. And they do have their own record label, mm-hmm. so they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's it's very nice. It's nice to watch four guys doing exactly what they want. Yeah, and also they're not a band that thrives on record sales. So no. like they're not worried yeah. about making something that's going to sound good on their next yeah. album. No. No, no, no. Yeah. Um which kind of frees uh, them up in a way. Oh, 100%. <laughs> well, Miles, thank you so much uh for joining us on yeah. this way longer than I intended it to be Odyssey, but what yeah. Oh, I knew it was going to be this long. We all knew it was going to be this long. Oh, I ex- I came in expecting, you know, some noodling, some some sweet grooves, yeah. You, know, yeah. you get out there, you jam it out. I don't know if we yeah. ever fully went type 2, but we we got close. We flirted with type 2 a little bit. A oh, definitely. Times. Definitely. Definitely teased a little type <laughs> 2 action on there for sure. Uh, well, oh, if boy. people wanted to find uh more Miles Hewitt related content oh. on their internet, how could they do that? Uh they could, uh, you know what, follow me on Twitter at Miles with a Y, M-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-A-Y. Uh, and uh, Infinite Sketch, just Google Infinite Sketch. You'll find it. It's there. We put out new videos every week from June until I think we're scheduled to run all the way up to December at this point. But does it have a caboose? <laughs> it does and you have to watch every episode to find out what it is the, ca- the caboose is all just the footnotes right yeah the caboose is the footnotes it's uh everybody it's, likes it's, a joke you need to do research for <laughs> yep that's uh well i'm taking a quick break though from them because i just my brain was starting to explode but hey you want to talk about things that are self-referential looping in on themselves and just really just just jerking yourself off for the fun of it uh, sketch comedy yeah sketch comedy baby <laughs> sketch comedy about david foster wallace yeah well it, it started as, as a as a thing about david foster wallace now we just use that as the name but um Fair. yeah that that show was a lot of fun the first one i i made a crazy tree of all the characters in every sketch and how they were related to each other it was cool 
Hell yeah. And I think that's all I got. Oh, and if the UCB ever comes back to New York, I'm on a mod team. I don't know. Look look me up on there. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're all at. Ooh. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> if comedy ever comes back, I may be on a team. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Um, we're all just getting by. Brandon? Yeah. Um, if you want to find more of this mess, uh, you can find me at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the social things. Uh, I've got Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, third Wednesday of every month on twitch.tv slash packtheater. Um, working on some cool, fun uh, tracks for that. Um, I've got my band Inkblot. We've got some tracks on uh, SoundCloud and YouTube, including we just released our cover of... Well- just well, is like two months yeah, ago fair. now, but um, a little <laughs> while ago. But we're now we have we are now recording episodes uh, since we have released our cover of "Little Drop of Poison" by Tom Waits, um, which was for a Shrek Two remake project that was canceled due to Shrek related drama that I'm not party to, but am fascinated by. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't. I'm not usually the lead singer for the band, but I can do a pretty good like guttural Tom Waits. Howl. Yes. Um, you tell this story every episode. Oh, no, I know. And I'm going to keep telling it. God dang it. Um, <laughs> and so that's that's fun. Go, go check that out. Um, and uh, I think that's it. All right. Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at, at bscores with an underscore at the end. But the easiest way to follow me is to follow the podcast, and I'm sure you'll find me on there. You can follow the show on Twitter at, at IntuitPod, on Instagram at hashtag IntuitPod. We're also on Facebook. Uh, Share us with your friends. Let them know that you can get us on every streaming platform they could want. Well, for the most part, if you find one we're not on, hit me up and let me know and I'll get us on there. Uh, We were just a launch day podcast when Amazon Music added podcasts. So that was pretty cool. Um, And uh, we are doing our monthly Twitch show the fourth Thursday of every month on uh, twitch.tv slash packtheater. This month it is on Thanksgiving, so we're not sure what's going to be going on there. So I guess (laughs) just stay tuned and we'll let you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you as always to Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. Uh, the only other thing I have to plug is seriously fucking vote tomorrow. If you didn't vote yet, you need to go vote tomorrow. This is not even a little bit of a joke. Also, my birthday is two days from now. And if you ruin my fucking birthday, we're all in a fight. Uh, babe, I, I love you. That is the most scared I've ever been. Uh, uh, I was pretty scared too. Good, good. Everybody <laughs> yeah, vote. vote. This is not one of those years. I'm voting right now. Yeah, I've already voted. This is not one of those years where I'm like, I don't care who you vote for. Just vote. I very much care who you vote for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do uh, not vote for Donald Trump. And if you support Donald Trump, frankly, I'm sorry. You cannot listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> In yeah, certain places, um, it's okay if you write in Bernie Sanders, but that I, I'm making small exceptions to that. No. That's, <laughs> no. Don't confuse them. Don't no, confuse no, no, them. no, no, no. <laughs> That's not okay, because if you're one of those people that voted for Jill Stein in 2016 oh. and were fucking smarmy about it and think you're so cool, I still remember, motherfucker. I still remember every single one of those tweets you made. You're on a fucking shit list. And it's in my brain, and I will never forget. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> I, vote tomorrow, please. Vote tomorrow, please, if you haven't voted already. And with that, that's right. I'm going to end this podcast on a terrifying <laughs> note. Miles? 
Uh, th- thanks, thanks, thanks for uh, th- thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Well, I'll t- I'll show myself out. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I am very serious about voting, guys, yeah, but, no, totally. but it doesn't have to be scary. <laughs> I I am going to vote tonight. I'm going to fill out my absentee ballot right now. Um, Yay! And, uh, Yay. and I'm going to vote for uh, for Joe Biden because yeah. why not? Because uh, everyone else is horrible. And then after we vote, everybody still keep yeah. putting in the fucking work because Democrats also suck. And just yeah, because yeah. if we vote someone new into the White House isn't going to mean that your work is over. More like cuck Schumer. You know who I think would make a good president and has political experience? Who? Being the mayor of his hometown. Who? John Fishman. He's not, he's, he's not the mayor of his own town. I don't know. Is that a thing? I may have made that up. Off the top of my head. Uh, Let's is, look it up. He has had some issues with the zoning board in, of his hometown due to his uh, wind turbine setup. I know that much. I will say, fish drummer, fish drummer, Syracuse native John Fishman yeah. wins election in Maine. Yep. Is this I'm, the fish drummer? I'm googling this too. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't the mayor. He wasn't the mayor. 2017. He's like an alderman or something. Board of selectmen. Yes. Right. He's a selectman. And- Uh, I'm just saying that's political experience. He could bring the nation together on his platform of just fucking being chill and hanging out. I not this year, though. This year, don't write in John. No, 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 no. Actually, John Fishman is the reason I have known the name Bernie Sanders for like 15 years (laughs) because he's been (laughs) he's been doing benefits for that dude since like the early 2000s. Yeah, that that tracks. That feels very on brand. Yeah, they're all Vermont boys. Yep. Yep. Love all right. Um, so all that being said, Beth, cool. uh, yeah, you uh, t- take, take I started us, it out take us away and I get down. to take it out. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Podcast over. Podcast over.